Welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold, the sports car market podcast. Market experts and car friends for over 30 years, Keith Martin and Mark Green have come together through their mutual love for collector cars. Keith and Mark will take you on a ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so that you know when to make your own decisions to buy, sell, or hold. Hey, hello, I'm Mark Green from the Cars Yow podcast. And I'm Keith Martin from Sports Car Market Magazine. We want to welcome you to Buy, Sell, Hold, the essence of collecting. This is show number seven. So, Keith, how are you doing today? You know, once again, Mark, it's sunny here in Portland. Now, I think I'm getting a year's worth of sun (laughs) in one week here. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I'll tell you what, it's sunny in Gig Harbor. And for those listeners in the rest of the world, they're probably going, what's the big deal? But in the Pacific Northwest, sometimes in the wintertime, we don't get a lot of sun. So we're pretty excited here. Before we bring our guests on today, though, we're going to have a little chat. And one thing I wanted to talk with you about today, Keith, is a very cool upcoming show. It's my hometown where I grew up, the La Jolla Concours. Let's uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what they could expect to see there this year. Well, you know, it's a, it's a great event. And I have been the MC there uh, for almost 10 years. I missed last year, but... They're bringing me back this year, and this will really be the first time I'm in control of the stage and really running the show uh, like I used to do before I had this stroke. So I'm very excited about them believing in me and my being back where I love to be, which is on the stage and helping the show move move along smoothly and be as entertaining as possible. Well, I've seen you do this many times, and you are really great at it with your expertise with the cars and, and the people and asking very great questions. I'll remind our listeners, the La Jolla Concord, and you can find their website at LaJollaConcord.com. It's an event that takes place on April 17th, 18th, and 19th. It's at the Ellen Browning Scripps Park above the Pacific Ocean. It is a beautiful place. I used to body surf there at Boomers back when I was a kid. It's The setting couldn't be better. It's world-class. The cars are world-class. And this year they've got, I believe, a couple of special marks. I know they have uh, 300 SLs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that they also have Bugatti. Yeah, well, that'll be pretty and there's cool. More. And there's a yeah. you know there's a a party on Friday night, and there's a party on Saturday night that you can get tickets to. On Sunday, there's a kind of cars and coffee outside of the Concours, which is free. Nice cars, not great grand Concours cars, but nice cars. And then you pay the admission, you go into the lawn, and they just have a a stunning layout with lots and lots of vendor booths and great great food. Yeah, and and again, the setting, it's kind of like a mini Pebble Beach because it's above the, the Pacific Ocean. Last year, I had a really cool treat, Keith. I got invited to ride in a 1932 Bugatti. No, no, not Bugatti. I'm sorry. It was a Bentley. Uh, mixing up my bees here a little bit. A Bentley, and I got to drive around San Diego with three of my buddies in that car. We went to some marvelous collections. Went out to Point Loma to the uh, the Memorial Park out there where my uh, father-in-law, mother-in-law are residing now. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful event. Uh, you've got to check this out. You've got to go to the La Jolla Concours. In fact, Michael Dervier, who's the director of this event, how he's pulled this off in the heart of La Jolla is absolutely fascinating. I'm going to have be specializing in a, a whole week of guests of sponsors from La Jolla Concours here on the Cars Yeah podcast that I do separate from buy, sell, hold. So check that out. I also want to ask you, I understand we've we've given our uh, listeners here a little taste of 
this uh, blue elf of Volvo. You got the car <laughs> back. You've done some mods to it, right? I got the. Uh, it was at uh, Swedish Relics, and the owner Cameron Lovray he put uh, some performance springs on it, which lowered the car about an inch and a half, and tidied up the suspension, rebuilt the front end. The car just tracks like a dream now. I don't know that I've had a you know a 1965 car that handles not handles like a race car but goes down the road straight comfortable and easy it was just a delight to bring it home you know what's really cool here and and this is a really nice message for you listeners that have old cars keith has figured this out with the many cars he's had he knows what the car needs to have to be able to drive nice because keith drives his cars Tell our listeners just a couple of the things that they did to this or this the mighty I call it the mighty blue Volvo. I know, I know it's the elf, but well, you uh, know what I tell what happens to old cars is they degrade slowly and you don't notice it. Uh, one of the first things you should do with an old car is have the seat cushion for the driver restuffed. They're always collapsed. Suddenly you get in the car, you'll sit two inches higher. You'll feel much better about the car. Uh, the other thing that I always do is I have the a front suspension's rebuilt, the ball joints, the bushings. It's very inexpensive in these analog cars. Uh, by the time I'm done here, I paid about 8000 for the car, and I've put about 6000 into uh, – it's not really repairs. It's upgrades, but, it, but it, it costs that much to have a car that you find joy when you drive. If you're if you're not finding joy when you're driving an old car, it's loosey goosey. It wanders all over. I don't want to be in it. I mean, why go to all the trouble? So be prepared to spend that extra five to ten thousand just to make the car feel good when you get behind the wheel, because that's what it's all about. Well, see, Keith, you doubled your investment. I have yes, Brilliant. my investment. My, my investment. <laughs> you know, if I bought a new stove for the kitchen and I told you it was ten thousand dollars. Would you say to me, Keith, how, how's your investment doing in the kitchen? <laughs> well, I'm trying to justify this, Keith, because my wife might be listening. So I think it's an unbelievable. I know that this car is now worth at least $100,000 with the money least. I put into it. Don't you think? Oh, I'm sure it in is. In fact, yeah. that brings us to where we could find out what it's worth, and that would be to look in the sports car market price guide. Yeah, tell our listeners how they can get their hands on this very valuable. Nice segue, my yeah. friend. You know, with the sports car market, if you go to the website, there are a, a, you know, a variety of things that you can download at no cost. Our guide to Concour, our guide to restoration shops, and so forth. For the To download the price guide, you have to be a subscriber. But once you do that, you'll get the price guide digitally and in print. And I strongly recommend you do that. We track median prices of real sales. So the price guide is, is based on real numbers, not some hypothetical you know, smoke-filled room. I always consult two or three price guides because no car is alike. So you have to kind of look at a price guide as a starting point. You know, if you if you decide you want to buy a Ferrari 250 GTO and the price guide says 35 to 45 million, well, if somebody's asking 100 million, then they're a little high. And if they're offering you the car for $10,000, you should think about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll remind our listeners. I mean, I've got a copy here, your newest version of it. It's great. Just go to the sports car market. Dot com. You can get your hands on that. Subscribe because you're going to love this publication if you're not already a subscriber. I've been getting mine since, gosh, way back when you were just stapling pages together yeah. Keith, in the basement of your house there yeah. in Portland. So I think it's great. Well, we're going to be back in a minute to talk with our guest today. His name is Donnie. But first, a special offer from Keith's team here at Sports Car Market. We'll be right back. Mark Green here. I have subscribed to Sports Car Market Magazine for decades. 
While I've dropped most of my other car magazine subscriptions, Sports Car Market is the one I'll never let go. It's a hold. Getting it monthly in my mailbox brings a huge smile to my face. Sports Car Market magazine is filled with great articles and market updates on collector car values. It's a virtual treasure trove of value. Even the advertisements are fun to watch. Boy, I've got a deal for you. You're going to get $10 off your print subscription simply by using the code BSH on their website. Go to sportscarmarket.com slash BSH, use the code BSH, and get 10 bucks off your print subscription of Sports Car Market Magazine. That's a deal. That's code BSH at sportscarmarket.com slash BSH and get $10 off your print subscription today. Mark, on today's Buy, Sell, Hold, we have my good friend and a real enthusiast, Donnie Gould. Absolutely. Donnie, welcome to the show. Donnie Gould has been a car specialist and partner at RM Sotheby's since 2002. He has had more than two decades in the vintage automobile auction and restoration industry, and his vast knowledge of classic cars stems from his learning firsthand from his father, Heine Gould, one of the first full-time antique automobile detailers in the country. I should say dealers, sorry. Donnie played an integral role in developing RM's Florida auction presence, and he was a natural choice for president when RM established its subsidiary company, Auctions America, in 2010. He was a vintage Whiston Cup racer and has a strong familiarity with a wide variety of vintage marks. Donnie is a longtime associate member or a member of the CCCA, the SAAC, and the Austin Healy Vintage Racing Club, and he's a lifetime member of the AACA. So, Donnie, Welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on board. Well, it's good to have you here. Now, Keith kind of warned me a little bit. Uh, be ready for some fun today. So uh, I'm all <laughs> fired up. So we're going to start the show uh, with Keith asking you a very important question. Donnie, welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold. I'm going to start this off by asking you if you could describe the collector car market in one word today, what would that word be and why would you choose it? I'd say it's active. And uh, I choose that because there's a lot of younger people getting involved in this hobby. And Keith, I think you've seen it in the last uh, five to seven years of, you know, some of these uh, cars from the 70s and 80s, 1970s, 1980s that have been very aggressive in the collector car side of this hobby. And uh, I think the younger people are very attracted to those cars, and uh, I think uh, they're pushing this market along. What we'd like to do, Donnie, is, is learn more about the market by talking to you about three memorable car experiences you've had. A car that you've bought, a car that you've sold, a car that you've held on to. So let's start with the buy. Tell us about a car that you bought that was really special to you, how you chased it, how you decided to buy it, what it was like. Uh, okay. well, that's funny. Uh, one of my favorite cars that I've ever owned was uh, an old Winston Cup race car that was uh, raced by the Wood Brothers uh, from 1976 through 1980. I found the car in a junkyard, actually, and turned out to be one of the most famous cars that ever raced in that in the Winston Cup series back in the 1970s. And what did you like about it once you had it? Uh, the history of the car. Uh, you know, uh, I, I was a NASCAR uh, race fan back in the uh, 1980s and 1990s, and when I found this car, 
It was just an old carcass laying underneath a lean-to, uh, basically. It was stripped of all of its uh, good racing components, but the chassis was still there. And I was in this junkyard searching for parts. I was restoring a 1930 Miller Indianapolis, two-man Indianapolis race car at the time, and I needed to send a set of finned aluminum brake drums. And I was in this junkyard up in Vero Beach searching for these for some brake drums uh, to machine down to use on this uh, Miller that I was restoring and, and happened across this old carcass sitting in the junkyard and and uh, inquired about it. How did you find out what it was? So at the time, I had a very good friend of mine whose name is Bob Bach. He was Bill France Sr.'s right arm. When I saw the car, I, I called him up and I said, Hey, Bob, I found this car in a junkyard, and I think it may have belonged to the Wood Brothers at one time. Being Bill France's right arm, he had their number right there in his Rolodex and passed it off to me. And I, I reached out to them. And uh, they said, yeah, there's a possibility that that was one of our cars. I went back to the junkyard two weeks later and inquired about buying it. And the guy told me that I couldn't afford it. And I, I, said, <laughs> I said, what do you mean I, I can't afford it? He says, you can't afford that car. I want $1,200 for it. <laughs> and so I, I paid him on the spot and drug it home. There you go. So now, when you got this car... You got it for twelve hundred bucks, and that was just the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. Then I had so to by go the time the entire you, process, by the time you got all done with it and you were able to run it, were you happy or comfortable with the amount you'd spent on the car? Keith, how many restorations have you done? <laughs> <laughs> this is a loaded question. Well, Donna, you know they always they always cost less than you think they will, and they always get done in a shorter period of time. Oh my gosh! Uh, now, now we're getting our legs pulled big time. But, but in the end, you, you, did you get value back for what you spent on the car? No, but I I got a lot of enjoyment out of it, um, right. and, and the There's car the opened value. up a bunch of doors for me. <laughs> There's well, let's the value about, for sure. Let's talk about a sale, a car that was important to you, but that you had to sell. Why did you sell it, and do you wish you hadn't? The same car. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, same car. To put them in the same sentence. Why'd um, you have to sell it? Because I had, uh, I just bought a new building. I had two mortgage payments. My wife was pregnant with our third child. She needed an explorer. And, uh, so something had to go. And that's the car that I chose to sell. To, How'd you go about uh, finding a buyer for it? I, I put that in Hemmings Motor News and, <laughs> uh, had two. Two guys reach out to me, and and one of them bought it nearly instantly. Did you ever wish you'd have never sold it? I tried buying it back multiple times for three times what I sold it for, and I'll never own. I don't think anybody will ever own that car again. It's got a permanent home. With somebody who doesn't need the money. It's. Uh, you might remember Speedy Bill out in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Speedway Motors. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. where the car resides. Well, at least you can go visit it. Yeah, and, and I have I've, I've, I have gone and visited a couple times. In fact, before Speedy Bill passed away, I was able to make a visit out there. And uh, I've got a picture here in my uh, man cave. He and I standing together next to the car. And that was the last time I was able to see Bill. I've known a lot of people that have vintage race cars. I've had two vintage race cars. Uh, vintage race cars are typically a bit of a challenge to sell unless there's something special so i kind of congratulate you in one way that you you had 
success selling it um, because they're a tough, tough thing to sell sometimes, right? Yeah, well, this particular car uh, raced on all the super speedways. and it, Great history. It, it won the Daytona 500 in 1976, which was the car's first race. And in a spectacular last lap crash with Richard Petty, coming to the checkered flag, Richard Petty and David Pearson were fighting for position, coming out of turn four, and they touched. And both cars went spinning, and Pearson's car ended up hitting the wall, and the whole front end was pushed up with the radiator into the fan, and Pearson was able to keep his car running and stumbled across the finish line about going about 20 miles an hour to win the race, and Petty's car was stuck in the grass infield with his guys trying to push it towards the finish line so that they could get the checkered flag. So, it was, <laughs> Wow, what a story. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to go on to another story here in a moment, but we're going to take a short break. Uh, Key's team has a special offer here, a nice uh, word from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. I've been subscribing to Sports Car Market Magazine for decades, and it shows up like clockwork in my mailbox every month. But what about when I'm on the road? Did you know that digital subscriptions to Sports Car Market are just $2.50 a month when you sign up with the promo code Digital 50. That's less than a cup of coffee. You get 50% off regular price just for listening here to buy, sell, hold. Plus, digital subscribers receive instant access to a year's worth of back issues and the exclusive Insider's Guide, including the 2020 Insider's Guide to the beautiful Amelia Island Concourse and all the spring auctions as well. No more boredom while sitting at the airport or on your flight. To get your Sports Car Market digital subscription at this discount, go to sportscarmarket.com slash digital50. Your order will automatically get you the 50% off. What a deal. Go and sign up today at sportscarmarket.com slash digital50. All right, we're back, Donnie. This next question I'm going to ask you, the most memorable vehicle that you've owned. This is a vehicle that you own now that you never let go. At least you think you'll never let it go unless those things called life come up in the way. Share a great memory about this vehicle, an experience that you've had. How did you find it or did it find you? Yeah, I've got a uh, a 1966 Shelby Mustang that it's a GT350H, which was a Hertz rent-a-car. Hertz uh, had a program back in 1966 the, where they rented out these called the Hertz Rent Eraser program, and they pretty much the majority of them were painted black and white. And um, when I was uh, 18 years old, I decided that I wanted a Shelby Mustang, and I had a choice of three of them to choose from. And uh, I, I picked this Hertz Rent a Car because back in 1979, when I bought it. You know, Smoking the Bandit movie was out, and that car was black and gold, and, you know, the Hertz Shelbys were black and gold, so I really related to it, and, and that's the, the car that I chose, and I still have it today. Very cool. Yeah, that's cool. Do you remember the first time you drove that car, and what was that experience like for you? Uh, yeah, I actually, uh, I bought it at a, a car corral, the car show at the Fort Lauderdale AACA National Meet, and... uh I drove the car home that night. I was really excited, and and I parked it in the driveway, and I washed it and cleaned it. And the next morning, I got in and really drove it for the first time. I went out on I ninety five when they were they were first building I ninety five, pretty vacant because it, it didn't go really anywhere back then because the 
road hadn't been completed. And so I ran it down to Hollywood, Florida and spun around, did a U-turn and came back and was driving up I-95 and I got off the exit where our shop was on Oakland Park Boulevard. And as, as soon as I got off the exit, I look over and what's next to me coming down Oakland Park, another black and gold 66 Hertz <laughs> rent-a-car Shelby. <laughs> oh. I, I thought I bought a rare car. <laughs> That's wild. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So so did it do everything for you that you had hoped it would when you, you took it on that first drive? Oh, yeah. They're amazing cars. You know, the 65, 66 Shelby Mustang. Uh, collectors today really appreciate them. Too, as you well know, Keith, you go on any of the tours um, that are around the country and and uh, you'll see a 65 or a 66 Shelby GT350 on them. And, and now uh, Lee Cross, uh, who's part of the Shelby American Automobile Club, he does a, a GT350 tour every year just for 65 and 66 GT350. So they're great driving cars. People understand, for the most part, how well they drive and yeah. what they can get accomplished for not a whole lot of money. You know, they're, and they're easy, they're easy to make good. Right. Parts, that, parts are that's tough true. to find. Yeah. Parts are easy to find. They, they can go down the road 130 miles an hour and, uh, they go straight and they, uh, they hold together very well too. They're not delicate. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I had a clone, a wannabe, whatever you want to call it, a car that a friend of mine's dad built, 66, white with blue stripes, 350, built exactly to, the standards of what Carol did. And I took it to a Mustang car show. This was years ago. It was my daily driver for a few years up here in the Pacific Northwest. And I parked it and I went over to an all British field meet for the day. And I came back and there was a trophy sitting next to the car with a note saying, where the hell have you been? You won first place. And I felt so <laughs> bad because it's not a real one. And so I called the guys who put it on the show and I said, you know, this car is a, not a real one. It's a copy. And they're like, what? So. I found out who came in second. I drove over to his house and gave him the trophy. But I loved driving that car. And I think you've probably experienced this, Donnie. You can't go anywhere without people thumbs up, smiling. You can't get gas without it being a half-hour experience. Everybody loves the Mustang. Oh, absolutely. And that they were popular when they're new, and they're still very popular today. So, Donnie, is it is there, I mean, you're in the auction business and everything has a number. Is there a number with which you would part with this car? No, no, absolutely you, you not. You learned from that Winston car. Don't let him go. Yeah, yeah. I've had it for 40 years now, Keith. Uh, I've had it as long as you've been alive, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. I love it. Well, I like to hear that, Donnie. It warms my heart that nothing could pry that out of your hands. And I think that's a good lesson for those listeners out there that, you know, if you don't have to sell a car, don't. You might go through periods where you're not thrilled with it, might be causing you some problems. Uh, I've got, we've got a good listener, a friend, Chris, uh, who actually called me this morning to say how much he loves this new show. Uh, he's smiling right now because he's had the same experience with a Pantera. Right now, he's not too happy with it because it's, he's got a lot of work that needs to be done. But when he gets it back, he's going to have a smile. So you just hang on to that car. Well, no, so Donnie, we've got it on record here. You say that there's no number that you would sell that car for. And I'm thinking forward to three or four years in Monterey when RM is featuring the Donnie Gould collection. 
<laughs> Let's give him a little more time than that, Keith. I mean, he's got a few more years left, doesn't he? Let's, okay, here's a good question for you, Donnie. This one is about the perfect all-around collector car. Not the most expensive, not the most exotic, and not a car that you have right now. But if you could pick one car that would just kind of do everything for you, what car would that be? Uh, for me personally, I'm, I'm a Ford guy. So, and you walk into my man cave, you'll see that. My favorite all-around car is a Cobra. That's, those are the cars that I always gravitated towards. And the cars that I really love to drive, that's another one that, you know, and, and you can use them too. I mean, there's Cobra tours and there's a couple of them. Tom Cotter does one out here on the East coast and Drew Serb does one out on the West coast. So there, and, and you can vintage race them too, if you like, but uh, there's lots of uses for them. And that's probably my favorite all around driver. Perfect. Which model? Which model would you take? The the big big engine or the slap side? You know, I like the big cars, so I'm a 427 Cobra guy. I've had a bunch of them over the years, and and I'm really comfortable sitting in you know a 427 Cobra. A lot of people uh, don't like them as much because they're a little more, bit more twitchy than a 289 Cobra is. You know, uh, but uh, I like I like the uh, I like the flared fenders and the and the big raw horsepower out of the 427 motor. So Donnie, you've been, you've been giving us information about your personal choices here. Let's step back just a little bit and talk about the business, the auction business. How has today's market changed the way that RM Sotheby's is approaching the business? Well, we've seen a big change in the last year and a half, I would have to say, Keith, and I think you'll agree with this. The, The unobtainium cars that are, you know, Priced from a million up to twenty million dollars, that market has uh, dropped off considerably. You know, we we were able to sell those cars very easily five years ago, and and you know that's mostly in the prancing horse world, as as you know, um, the the Ferraris and some of the exotic Maseratis and Jaguars sports cars from the fifties that command those types of prices. They've been uh, much more difficult to sell the last. Uh, year and a half than than years earlier. Donnie, um, are they more but, dif- are they more difficult because you can't get people to let them go and consign them, or because you can't find buyers who want to spend that much money for them? It's a combination of both. So, Keith, as you well know, what you know, the desirable cars are the ones that have the clear history, and yeah. the undesirable cars are the ones that may have been damaged or built from a couple different cars or might not have pure provenance. And those are the cars that are coming to market and the great cars are staying in garages. It's a matter of, you know, there are still buyers out there for the great stuff, but the cars that don't have the provenance, people aren't willing to step up and pay the money for them. So there there are less buyers out there for those cars as well. Hmm, Very interesting. Now, RM Sotheby's, tell our listeners a little bit more about the company. RM Sotheby's started, um, Rob Myers started the company 25, well, he started the company 40 years ago in the auction business. Uh, we've been pretty hard at it the last 25 years. Didn't Rob um, start I, working out of his garage, restoring cars? He did. Yeah. He started it as a restoration shop. hundred percent. Correct. Yeah. What 40 a, what years a, ago. He's got more drive. I always admire uh, the scale that he thinks on. It's just, it's just fantastic. Yeah. And the, the whole event you guys put on 
at your auctions are so top-notch. They're so fantastic. They're so much fun. Uh, there's great energy, but there's there's not this uh, sense of, hmm, is there something shady going on here? It's it's always, always top-notch. The cars are always top-notch. I really enjoy attending your events, and you've been a big part of their business for quite some time. Yeah, I partnered up with Rob uh, nearly 20 years ago. So he came down here to South Florida. Um, I had been working with Cruise International, which is a company that uh, Keith is very familiar with. Uh, they're no longer in the business any longer. And Rob asked me if I'd uh, be interested in doing an auction with him here in South Florida. So he and I got together back in 2000 and teamed up in 2001 and did our first auction together in 2002. And we've traveled down a lot of roads together. So, so Donnie, when you guys par- uh, became partners with uh, with Sotheby's, what did that do in terms of expanding your reach out of new new potential buyers? In my opinion, it's been a tremendous help. Sotheby's brand and the customers, the loyalty, the, the loyal customers that they have is pretty amazing. We thought it would be a great synergy between art collectors and car collectors, especially now that cars are being considered as rolling art. And uh, and investments as well. They've brought a lot of potential collectors, car collectors, new to the hobby. Uh, they've brought them into our ballrooms, and, and they've been participating in our sales uh, on a regular basis. Well, I think it's fantastic. I'll remind our listeners, you can find their website and follow them at rmsotheby's.com. It's a great organization. If you're ever fortunate enough to be in an event, You've got to go to one of their auctions because they get you really excited. Donnie, you have taken us on a fun ride today. Uh, Keith told me, being old friends with you, this would be really fantastic. And uh, he certainly was right about that. Could you offer our listeners maybe one little piece of wisdom or advice about buying, holding, and selling old cars? Advice that I give everybody. Buy what you like. Don't buy a car as an investment. I mean, you can if you want, but I don't recommend it because when you put that car in your garage, you want to be able to, you get home from a long day's work and you're tired and you're miserable and uh, you want to be able to walk out in that garage and have whatever's sitting out there put a smile on your face. And, and that's what's most important. So buy what you like, buy what you can relate to and buy what makes you happy. And you know what, if it's, if you get an ROI on it financially, that's great. But the biggest ROI you can get from a car is enjoyment. So, Don, I have a quick personal story to tell here. I, you know, I bought that uh, Bluet Alpha Sprint Speciale in Fort Lauderdale from the Cayman Motor Museum, and uh, it had a frozen motor. And I was sure, and to myself, before I bought it, I said, Keith, I know what's going to happen. We're going to get this car home and uh, put a little Marvel mystery oil down the spark plugs, rock the car back and forth a few times. The pistons will break loose, put in new plugs. I'll fire this sucker up, and I'm driving. I knew that was going to happen. So (laughs) why are you laughing at me? (laughs) So so I got the car home. The most important thing was it was a color that I'd always wanted. The car body was beautiful. I loved the car. Turned out the car had been put into storage 30 years ago because it had a blown head gasket. So the interior of that motor, you know, it it looked like that underwater Bugatti that Peter Mullen has. it, It was, it was a mess, but I loved the car. And so, 
it was it was like, well, okay, you know, it's worse than I thought, but so what? Because at the end of the day, I had a car that I was really glad that I bought because I just liked it so much. There you go. You were taking Donnie's advice even back then. Yeah, he told me it'd be a great buy. He, he said, you, he said, Keith, you, he said, Keith, you can't pay too much for a car like this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Be careful who you're standing to at an auction. And if it's Donnie, hold on to your wallet. Uh, it could get a little pricey. So, well, listen, uh, listeners, again, you can find everything Donnie shared here on his very own show notes page. You can go to the sportscarmarket.com website. Uh, you'll see that right there. Click on the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast icon. It'll take you right to Donnie's page. Or you can find him on the Cars yeah website. Donnie, hey, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise. This has been really fun. Uh, Keith told me it would be, and he was right. Yeah, thank you, Donnie. This is yeah, great. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. We'll talk to you soon. Probably at a RM Sotheby's auction. Hey, Mark Green here. If you love the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast, you'll want to listen to my Cars Yeah podcast for over five years. I've interviewed over 1,475 inspiring automotive enthusiasts. You'll have free access to my guest shows five days a week. These are amazing people who share their world around cars, trucks, and motorcycles. I take a deep dive into their businesses, and they share with you how they've wrapped their passion for vehicles into their lives. Plus, go to the CarsYeah.com website and hit the free book button, and I'll email you my free filler-up book. It's an ebook filled with beautiful fuel filler fun, and inspiring quotes from my past guests. Once subscribed, you'll get my weekly blog as well. You can find all the Cars yeah shows on CarsYeah.com or on any mobile device using your podcast app. Just search for Cars yeah Podcast and subscribe today. That way you'll get both Buy, Sell, Hold with Keith and me and the Cars yeah Podcast delivered right to your mobile device or your computer. Thanks for listening. We hope you have shed some light today on the collector car market. You can listen to all the Buy, Sell, Hold podcasts at sportscarmarket.com and carsyeah.com. You'll find hundreds of inspiring automotive enthusiasts on the Cars Yeah website as well. Be sure to log into sportscarmarket.com and subscribe to Keith's SCM weekly newsletter. You'll find digital issues, insider event guides, and price guides, along with our platinum database, column profiles, classifieds, and many other resources. Join Keith and Mark next week to hear from another automotive industry leader who will help you determine when to buy, sell, or hold.